but I'm glad that everyone came out on a Tuesday night to, to BCM. For those that don't know me, my name is Keith Wade, and it is a joy and an honor to be able to serve here at University of North Georgia with the Baptist Collegiate Ministry as a campus minister and help lead this ministry and work alongside some of the greatest students that I've met and their passion to see this campus come to know him. And so um, my family is here tonight, minus one of our kids that's at soccer practice. So you may see some of our kids running around. Um, and my wife is in the back, Jennifer. So feel free to stop on your way out and see, um, see her. Um, she would love to meet you um, as we are here to minister and to serve alongside of you and get to know you and help you while you're here at college in your faith journey. And so, so for tonight, we are going to be at the first page of your Bible. Anybody know what that is? Genesis. It's actually the table of contents for some, but we're going to be in Genesis. First page um, in Genesis 1. Last week, does somebody remember what we talked about last week? What was the topic last week? Anybody? I heard it out here. Somebody speak. The judgment day, the great white throne, and with what? Our identity of what? Found in him, right? So this week, we're going to continue with the idea of identity. Um, and so we're going to look at what does it mean to be made in God's image? Um, that's a loaded question right there. Um, and so I hope that I am doing that question and answer that question tonight and fully answer it. Um, and so as I was preparing, I told Eli that there's multiple different directions or somebody multiple different directions that I could take. How much theology do I need to put in? Um, how much do I leave out? Um, and, and so hopefully I have covered that question and we will know by the end what it means to be made in God's image. And so, and then next week we'll wrap up our short series on identity and this whole idea of being refined um, out of the fire into the world. And so, of what it means to be refined by him. And so, so I have a question tonight. Where do you find your identity? So, y'all can talk. I like talk back. Jesus. Jesus. All right, somebody else. Where do you find your identity? Scripture. Scripture. All right, y'all give me Sunday school answers. But where do you truly find your identity? Classroom. Classroom. Somebody else? Friends. Friends. Family. Do what? Family. Family. What else? Music. Music. Social media. Social media. Um, we find our identity... Yes, I hope that all of you will find your identity in Christ. You will see yourself worth a whole lot more when you follow Jesus and allow him to be the one that you seek and the one that you follow. But that's not always the case. We find our identity in what the world says around us. From social class, from our age, because we like to categorize ourselves into age groups. We find our identity, somebody said classroom, school, jobs. That's where we tend to find our identity if we're honest with ourselves. Um, and so, but I truly hope 
that as we go through last week, this week, and next week, that we would truly seek to find our identity in Him and allow Him to shape and mold us into the person that He desires us to be. Um, and so, so, like I said, we're in Genesis 1. As you can probably guess, what passage that we're going to be in? Genesis 1, 26 and 27. So if you have your Bibles, that's where we're going to be, or on your electronics, just turn right there, and then this is what um, is written in Genesis. Then God said, let us make man in our image after our likeness, and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the heavens and over the livestock and over the earth and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. So God created man in his image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. Let's pray. Father, thank you for tonight. Lord, as we just walk through this text, Lord, I pray, Lord, that you would just speak through me tonight as there's a lot of different things going on in my head, Lord, and that may I just communicate what you want me to communicate tonight and what it means to be truly made in your image. Lord, we love you. Praise you. Praise your name. Amen. All right. So right here in verse 26, we see two words. Anybody want to know what two words we see? In verse 26, 26. What two words do we see in verse 26? Do what? I like the feedback because everybody ought to sit. It's a lot of people sitting. Somebody say, do what? Well, we do see male and female, but what else? All right, we see verse 26. Let us make man in our what? Image. All right, so when we think of the word image, what, does come to, what comes to your mind? Do what? Y'all got a picture. We got a, I think I heard picture over here. Picture. So image refers to a representation or likeness. So we see the word likeness as well. We're going to come back to that, that word likeness. So it often refers to the way that an idol is represented as a god. So the word image is like taking a picture, right? And so what do we do with a picture? We put it on a frame, and what does that typically do? We like to look at it. We like to glamour. So what does that often portray to us? It's important. Attractive. attractive. We may see it as what? An idol in our lives. Because we might say, hey, I want to get to whatever this place may be, travel the world. So an image. I'm not saying that we all have a bunch of idols hanging in our, on our things, in our wall. That's not what I'm saying here. But I want you to see the what an image is. Likeness. We see the word likeness means similar in appearance, usually visual appearance, but it also could refer to something audible. So when these two words like image and likeness are, are together, it complements to mean that man is more than just a mere image. He is the likeness of God. So when we see that God created Man in our, let's make man in our image after our likeness. That's what he's talking about. He created humans 
to be in the form of him. So we're going to dive into a little bit of this. So hang on. We're going to get there. I promise. So anybody know what they did in the early times? So in the, back in the biblical times, ancient times, as we like to say, it was common for kings and rulers to place statues of themselves around towns, village, etc., where they ruled. Do we still see that today? We do, we do. How many of you have ever been to, uh, let's say, I, I'm going to date myself, and I'm not saying that I'm an Alabama fan, but outside of the Alabama football stadium, there is a statue of who? Bear Bryant. And so, so what does that symbolize to Alabama fans? That he was at some point a great football coach and still arguably is one of the best football coach in the days. I'm not saying that I'm an Alabama fan, but I've been to the stadium and I've seen Bear Bryant's statue and I've seen people like take photos with Bear Bryant's statue. Well, that's just taking a picture of what? An idol. It's an image. So the Bible project states it like this. If though you lived in the biblical times, you were probably used to people claiming to be the image of God. So most everyone in those times lived under the rule of a king, and these kings proclaimed themselves to be, a, to be God's image on earth, having the authority to carry out the will of the gods little g. These kings would also create idols made of, statue, uh, made of wood, stone, precious metals that were also said to be physical embodiments of gods on earth or the image of God. So they understood this terminology of image and likeness back in the day. And so the question again, what does it mean for humans to be made in the image and likeness of God? We also see, again, as we as humans, we should reflect God knowing that we cannot be identical to God. Like we cannot say, all right, I am God. I'm going to look just like God. I'm a, that's not what that is saying. But let's look at a verse here in um, Genesis Three over here in Genesis three, or maybe, maybe I didn't, I didn't write it down. So it's where um, God told Adam that he was going to have a son at the age of 130, and so so he tells Adam this: When Adam had lived 130 years, he fathered a son in his own likeness after his image and named himself Seth. So it doesn't mean, let's say, for, for this passage, there's no doubt that Seth had many of the same characteristics as his father, Adam. As they had the same DNA, but they were, they were at the same time different. So likewise, humans are like God in many ways, but are also different in others. So we cannot be identical to God. So, two points tonight. I got two points. Some of y'all are like, oh, he's got two points. This is good for me. It's normally five. Um, but I have two points. The first one is, we are mirrors. 
We are mirrors. What does that mean? Somebody, what does that mean when I say we are mirrors? We're a reflection. So if God created us in his image, in his likeness, then one must stop and ask themselves, am I reflecting to the world what God, who God really is? Am I showing the world who God really is by reflecting him? If I say that I'm a believer, is my life reflecting his image? So, so who we are reflects who God is. Because everything flows from how we were created, our ability for reason, love, creativity, etc. flows from who we see who God is in our lives. So, we are to reflect him. One author writes it this way. Man's rational power, for example, reflects God's reason and enables man now, in a sense, to think God's thoughts after him. Man's mortal sensitivity reflects something of the moral nature of God, who is the supreme determiner of right and wrong. Our capacity for fellowshipping with God and worshiping, worship reflects the fellowship that the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit have with each other. Our ability to respond to God and to fellow human beings imitates God's ability and willingness to respond to us when we pray to Him. So, our ability to make decisions reflect in a small way the supreme direct power of Him who works out everything in the conformity with the purpose of His will. We see that in Ephesians 1:11. Our sense of beauty is also a feeble reflection of the God who scatters beauty profusely over snow-crowned peaks, white lake-jeweled valleys, and offspring sunsets. Our gift of speech is an imitation of him who constantly speaks to us, both in his works and in his word. And our gift of song echoes the God who rejoices over us with singing. We see that in... Zephaniah 3.17. I mean, Zechariah 3.17. So, as we think about God's image, let's look at some of the attributes that God, that humanity shares. Because I said we can't be like God. There's some attributes that we will never have. Anybody know what they are? Some of those are? Anybody? What? We will never be all-knowing, right? That's something that we will never be. We will never be everywhere at all times. We can never offer the gift of salvation. But there are some attributes that God grants on us that we can share and that we can mirror. And this is how we show and that we know that we are in His image. So, so let's think, for example, God is love, and therefore people seek to love and to be love. God is creator, and we delight in fulfilling the earth with our own creations. But even more in this way, we are mirrors shining out God's character for one another 
the behold. So we're going to look at a couple of these attributes that we, that we should share that God has and that we can have. Holiness is the first one. Holiness. God is separated from any evil. There's no evil in God. So how do we show this? We mirror him by we hate sin and we love holiness by repenting of our sin and fighting against the sin in the world. Holiness. Do we strive to be holy? I mean, that's a riveting question. Am I living my life in a way that I'm striving to be holy? Second, love. God alone is the only one that can give perfect love, and he is the source of goodness and love. So we mirror this in him when we have love for him, God, and others. When I say others, I mean like families, other believers, strangers, even our own enemies. Are we showing the love that Christ has bestowed upon us to show to others? Or are we like, well, I can love this person, but uh, I can't love that person. It's not to be in his image. He's the only one that can give perfect love. But am I striving to show love to everyone? The third is truth. God is the source of all truth. He is truth. This book right here is truth. What's written in the pages between Genesis and Revelation is truth. We can come to it to find answers, to check, is it right or is it wrong? Because this is truth. He is truth. So we mirror this in him when we believe truth over lies and speak truthfully and see it as an act of worship. Do I believe that this is truth? And I'm not trying to make scripture fit my lifestyle or the way that I want it to justify my sins. It either is a sin or is it, it's not. It's truth or it's not. Because God is truth. So with that, the fourth one is righteousness. God doesn't conform to any standards. He doesn't conform to any standards, but right and wrong flows from him. So we mirror him when we fight oppression, injustice, evil, like I.E., standing up for those that seems to be without power. Like the unborn, the sick, the poor, the abused, etc. But oftentimes when we get to righteousness, we want to say that's wrong, that's right. Instead of saying what God says, God says in his word, that is wrong. How can I help you? To get back to where God wants you to be. Righteousness. The fifth is mercy. 
God doesn't give some people what they deserve because he is loving and gracious. Because you know, because if we, what did we deserve? So what did God bestow, he grant to us? Mercy. So we mirror his mercy when we forgive those who have sinned against us. That's a hard one to do. So am I showing mercy? Am I loving the way that he wants me to love and to show mercy and extend grace when grace is needed? The last one is beauty. God is beautiful. His creation reflects that beauty. And so as part of his creation, we are beautiful. Why? Because his creation is beautiful. It goes, let us make man in our image after our likeness and let them have dominion over the fish in the sea and over the birds of the heavens and over the livestock and over the earth and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. And in him, God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him, male and female. He created you. And if God is beautiful, his creation is beautiful. So, here they are, holiness, love, truth, righteousness, mercy, beauty. These are attributes that we can possess, that we can show, and that we can have. So like mirrors, we should reflect the glory of the Lord. Our whole lives should be about his glory, past, present, and future. See, God has given us the abilities and the gifts that we will use them to reflect his glory instead of promoting ourselves. But how, however, many times we worry about building our kingdom instead of his kingdom. He doesn't bless us to, com to compete with us, but he blesses us so that we will reflect his glory. So, attributes that we can have and to reflect, to know that we are in his image. The second point is we are ambassadors. So, how we live, how we act, flows from our identity in him. So think about the, like this. If we were all his image bearers, it should guide us to an understanding of what we've been created to accomplish. So one may ask, what does it mean to be a human? So those who believe that we are image bearers will live with a very different framework than those who believe that we are rational animals or self-governing individuals who learn to build society in order to survive. 
If we believe that we are his image bearers, we live differently than what the world will say and do. So biblical anthropology, that's a big word right there. Biblical anthropologies involves four relationships that are at the human, that are at the heart of the human experience. Mike McGrary puts it like this in describing these four relationships. These are not mine. I'm reading what Mike says. So we have four areas of a relationship. So our first one is human and God. All creation was intended to proclaim the glory of God. If we are to be faithful mirrors who reflect God's image into a world as his representatives and ambassadors who are here to carry out his purpose, then we must be faithful worshipers. As image bearers, worship is an unequential aspect of what it means to be human. Living for the glory of God makes people whole. When we don't worship God, we will find other things in this world that will reflect glory, and we will begin to worship and pursue those instead. Which means we will find other gods that we will begin to worship and listen to instead of the true God and listen to what he has. Human and God. The second one is human and human. All people and ethnicities were created in the image of God and thus should be treated with dignity and honor. So by our compassion, we express God's love. By our humanity and patience, we model model God's mercy. By our generosity, we demonstrate God's grace. Through, hopefully one day, y'all will have kids, Through parenting and leadership and a host of other relationships, we will have the honor of showing one another what God is like. So the way that we interact with human and human also shows the world who God is. Are we living like Christ? Are we an image bearer of him? The third one is human and creation. Among fellow evangelical Christians, this is probably the the least recognized relationship in creation. Adam and Eve were given the task to care for, for creation. As God is the sustainer and provider of life, so we ought to reflect the sovereignty of God over creation. Remembering that he rules in order to bring for fullness of life. And the last one is human within himself. So each person also develops their own self-understanding. One of the driving questions of our day is whether or not we will understand ourselves as God created us or if we determine our own self-identity. This works itself out in ways that shape our gender and our sexuality and ethnic identities. So the last one is basically how do I view myself in regards to how God views me? And hopefully next week we're going to hit that. So how do you view yourself in light of what God views you or how God views you? 
So those four relationships are, as we are ambassadors, human and God, human and human, human and creation, and human with himself. So we are mirrors. We should reflect his glory to a world that needs Jesus. And we can do that with the way that we live, the way that we act around each other. And then we are ambassadors. We're living it out. So in, in closing tonight, as you sit there and as you think about your, your life, are you reflecting the God that you say that you love? Are you reflecting the image that he wants you to project and reflect? Because as mirrors, our very being and ability shows the nature and the character of God. Like love, compassion, justice, creativity, etc. And as ambassadors, our action will represent God's rule over creation by providing rulers to care for the earth as we carry out his mission to declare his glory among the nations. So when God created us in his image, he did way more than simply give value to our lives. He gave us a deep sense of purpose and calling. What is that purpose and calling? To go and to make disciples. So yes, as his image bears, we too are called to reflect the king, show forth the glory, the power, and the might of our king. You see, because our purpose and identity should be in him. From what we do, which is work, to the people we love, which is our friends and families and those that are around us, to the places we live should be in him. As Augustine confessed this, as he says this, Thou hast formed us for thyself. Our hearts are restless till they find rest in thee. You see, nothing less than God will satisfy you. Nothing less will sustain you. And nothing less will suffice. Are you his image bearer? Or is there something in your life that you just say, God, I am not reflecting you in this area and I would love to reflect you in this area. All you gotta do is give it to him. And allow him to shape and to mold you into the beautiful creation that he has called you to, to go and to make. So as the band comes up to, to lead us in a few more songs, I want you just to, just to pause and to ponder, am I reflecting God to a world that needs to know him? Is my life showing who he is? Let's pray. Father, thank you for tonight. Lord, thank you for this time that we could just come together. Lord, may we, as your image bearers, reflect who you are. 
Lord, may we show your grace and mercy. Lord, may we um, just reflect your image to a world that needs to know you, that needs to follow you. Lord, to a world that is so confused, Lord, may we stand on truth, knowing that we are your image bearers, that the way that we live and the way that we act reflects you to a world around us because you created us in your image. Lord, we have a perfect model to to live and follow by, and that is Jesus. Lord, may we look to him as our example to walk among this earth, living like he lived, showing compassion, mercy, grace, speaking truth in, in a kind, loving way. Lord, may we go and share the good news.